Welcome to Up With Moms. This is episode three. My name is Dana McKay and I am here with Jen Zussman. Hi, Jen. Hi, how are you? I am good. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Jen is a mother of two girls. She and her husband, Ellie, have two girls and she was a surrogate mother for a friend. And you just had the baby how long ago? I had her on February 16th, so almost four weeks ago. Wow. And so Jen is here to tell the story of how she became a surrogate and what the experience was like for her and for her husband, because the husband ends up having to make a lot of sacrifices and, and do a lot of work, um, and how it was for her family, for her daughters too, and just what that whole experience is like. I, I feel like when Jen reached out to me, I was like, wow, I have so many questions because you hear about people being a surrogate, you see news stories, but I've never actually known anyone who's been a surrogate or anyone who's had a surrogate give birth to their baby. So I've always been kind of fascinated by it and what that experience must be like. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah. Why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about your family and your husband, your kids and what your life has been like? Sure. So um, like Dana said, I'm married. Um, I've known my husband since I was 20. So we go back very, very far. And we have two wonderful daughters who I have to say have been incredibly supportive throughout this entire process um, of seeing their mom pregnant, but it's not their daughter or their sister, excuse me. Um, so yeah, my daughters are five and six. We have a wonderful life. And honestly, and I'll get to my story in a minute, did not anticipate becoming a surrogate ever. Um, this was something that just kind of popped into my life one day and it felt really right to say yes. So I'll share a little bit more about that. Please understand that there are certain things that she cannot talk about to protect the privacy of the family. So tell us what you what you can. I mean, you told me the story before, but what you can share of that story and how you ended up offering to be a surrogate for your friend. So tell me what you can. Sure, absolutely. Um, so it was about two years ago and it was my last day at work and I kept putting off um, getting coffee with a friend and I said, you know what, let's get coffee on my last day of work. I know for sure I will, I'll have the time. And we sat down and this is the part that was a little um, interesting and emotional, but we immediately started to chat and catch up and I asked the question that you're never supposed to ask another woman, which is, are you planning on having more children? Because we all know that you might be going through a, a struggle um, to get pregnant. And she immediately got choked up. And I knew I had struck a nerve uh, and I apologized. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even have said anything. And she said, no, it's okay. We just found out that we are not able to have children. Oh, gosh. And I just immediately grabbed her hand and we started crying and I said I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I, I said what do I what do I do how can I help you and she said no we, we have to have a surrogate and I said what does that mean honestly I, I like you said I didn't even really know what a surrogate meant and she said well you know I'm fine like my eggs are fine my husband's fine as well I just I can't personally carry the child and in order for us to have another biological child we would have to have somebody else carry the baby on our behalf. And I said, well, how does that work? You hire like a stranger or, and she said, yeah, I, I don't know who it would be, but I have to find somebody. And it was like a moment that I will never forget. And I just said to her, I will do it for you. I just, I, 
and it sounds crazy and right? I know, <laughs> but something came over me and, um, I said, I'll do this for you. And she looked at me and we were crying and shaking. And she said, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're saying. And I said, I know exactly what I'm saying. And I want to do this for you. That's just incredible. <laughs> and, and it's not even like you went home and thought about it and talked to your husband about it. You just in that moment just felt like this is something I'm going to do for you. Yes. And I've done a lot of um, like th I've thought a lot about it since the baby was born. And I have an interesting story later, which remind me to talk about a woman I saw who spoke about a past life and how this was actually meant to be that I was a surrogate. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So that was interesting. So I did say to the mom, I said, listen, I need to ask my husband because he might think I'm a whack job. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he just thinks, you know, hey, you're having coffee with a girlfriend. I'm going to come pick you up. And I remember I called him and I said, Ellie, I need to ask you something. And he said, yes. And I told him the story and I said, this is something I need to do. And he s just responded two words. I'm 99%. Wow. And I go in or out. And he goes in. And I said, OK, let's do it. What was the 1% that he wasn't, wasn't sure about? <laughs> I mean, well, because it's a pretty amazing for a husband to just say, okay, you know, like to be that sure about it immediately. But what was, what were his reservations about it? I think he just wanted to understand like legally how it worked. Right. Um, I think he was just curious the background of what does this entail? I mean, obviously he loves me and he wants to make sure that I'm safe and healthy throughout the process. So he wanted to understand what does being a surrogate entail? And once he got the clarification of what does this mean? What are the procedures like? Because when we had our children, we had it naturally and we right. didn't have to do any sort of IVF. Um, and so I think he just wanted to understand what it meant to be a surrogate. And then he was okay with it. So without getting too much into the legal stuff, because I don't think we can really go there. Um, what was that like then being friends with somebody, really obviously good friends with somebody, and then having to kind of engage in like, was there like a negotiation process or it was just kind of like, here, this is how it works. Are you cool with this? And can we really do this? And how long did that process take? Yeah, I mean, I did not know what it what it meant. So I knew in the beginning you have to go through some testing. So I had to personally go to the doctor and make sure that I was healthy enough to be able to carry a child. Um, you have to go through psychological testing to become a surrogate to make sure that you don't personally want to keep the baby, um, that you'll stay healthy and all of that. Um, I think you had also told me that they want people who have already had children before. Yes, that's and, true. And why is that? So... And this is something that I learned as well, but it's funny for those of you listening who have children, they recommend that surrogates have had their own children and don't plan on having any more because if you've had a child, you're less likely to want to keep the baby because you know what it means to have a baby versus right. somebody who this is their first child and they may get very attached to them and have a much more difficult time letting go after the baby's born. Okay. Once you kind of started to figure all that stuff out, what was the what was the actual process like to make the baby? Sure. <laughs> so this is crazy. I mean, science is unbelievable. I know. I know it is. And I'm curious. Uh, yeah. So once I was cleared, um, I, I was healthy, happy, all of that. It was very cool. So for those of you who have, who have done IVF, I've learned that there's natural cycle IVF and then there's more of like a medicated version of it. I decided to go natural cycle IVF. So what that means is I didn't have to take all of the shots and the hormones and really regulate my system. The doctor that we used was able to implant the embryo 
when I would have naturally gotten pregnant on my own. So I didn't have to have the, any of the um, the shots and all of that, which was great. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, not to get too technical, but <laughs> when you have your period, that naturally you go into the doctor every, I think every day I went in and they tested my my blood. They wanted to do a sonogram to make sure that my lining was growing. So a week after I got my period, they gave me a shot, which would ensure that my egg would drop because I didn't want my egg to be in my uterus because obviously this wasn't my baby. We wanted to clear that out. Um, and then a week after that shot was when we did the IVF transfer, which is when they took the parent's embryo. It's her egg, his sperm. They um, fertilized it and inserted it into me. And do they do more than one? Because I know with IVF, sometimes they do a number of embryos, don't they? And that's how people end up having multiples. So did you do that? Or was that something that had to be considered? Like it was an option, but you said, no, I only only want one. Yeah, I'm not Octomom for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm only 4'11", so I don't think I could carry more than one. Um, But yeah, we just did one embryo and it took. What was the process like once you were pregnant? How, and I imagine the parents were heavily involved in everything that was going on with you from helping to take care of you to going to all the appointments. So what was that like? That was interesting, you know, having children of our own and typically going to the doctor and it's just my husband and I, it was, it it was a new transition for us to have another set of parents in the room and the doctors until they got to know us, they were questioning, oh, who are these people? (laughs) Right. you know, we got used to just saying, oh, I'm a gestational surrogate, um, I'm a carrier, and these are the parents. So it took some getting used to for sure. Um, I'm not going to lie and say it was the easiest thing to be like naked and have somebody else right next to you. <laughs> right. Um, but it was cool. It was almost like an, an outer body experience because the joy seeing the parents go through this with me um, and we did have to figure out how to do it together because it was a little uncomfortable at times because it is your body, but it's also their baby. So yes. it was it was just a lot of back and forth of, okay, what's the difference between this is going on with Jen versus this is going on with the baby? And so if it was baby related, obviously the parents were always involved. But if it was me, they gave me a little bit of space. With your first two... Were they easy pregnancies? Like, do you get sick? Was that something that you had to take into consideration and deal with? Like, I know when I was pregnant with both of my kids, I was nauseous for the first three or four months, like Mm -hmm. always. So did you have any of that? It's funny. I feel like when you're pregnant, you don't remember anything, like the bad stuff. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I... I mean, as far as getting sick or I wasn't like Kate Middleton for sure. I wasn't in bed, but I'm sure I just felt run down. But it's interesting, you know, when I was pregnant with my first, all you are is pregnant. You don't have another child. So if you're tired, you take a nap or it's totally different when you're pregnant with your first. And then with my second, I had a nine month old running around when I was in my first trimester. So I don't even think I had time to really think about my pregnancy. I don't remember (laughs) even being pregnant with my second and then with this one, you know, my kids were older. So that's when my husband really took charge of taking them out on the weekends and helping to feed them if I wasn't feeling well. So I definitely was more run down. And I also think I was older. You know, I am I was 38 when I was pregnant just recently, whereas I was only 32 and 31 with my youngest. Oh, yeah. So how did you tell your daughters that you were going to be doing this? <laughs> how did that conversation go? That was, that was very interesting. My oldest is an old soul, and although she's only six, she's incredibly um, 
smart for her age. And we tell our kids everything. We're an open book about everything. And before I knew I was going to become a surrogate, I had said to her, we're not planning on having 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 any more children. It's like that was from the beginning. You're not going to have a, another sister or brother. So she knew that. And we even explained <laughs> that my husband had gotten the surgery to no longer have children. Whether or not people agree with that, that's up to them. But we are very open with our kids. And when I told my daughter I was pregnant, her first response was, but daddy had a vasectomy. (laughs) (laughs) I I was laughing and I go, okay, how am I going to explain this to my daughter that I'm pregnant, but it's not my husband's, but don't worry, mommy and daddy are fine. (laughs) Right. Um, Which was really helpful. There's really no books out there that are, how do you explain to your daughter that you're pregnant with somebody else's child? That was an interesting conversation. (laughs) You can write one. There you go. (laughs) What helped was having the mom come over to our home and talk to my daughters and tell them, you know, listen, this is what your mommy is doing for us. This is our baby. She's going to carry it. Um, Thank you for sharing her with us. She's doing a beautiful thing to expand our family. And I swear once the mom had the conversation with my girls, it clicked. Like they they got it. And they, and it's funny. A lot of people say to me, Oh my gosh, your kids must have so many questions. This is so like strange to them. Are they going to be so confused? And I have the same response of my kids don't know any different. And what I mean by that is, you know, I grew up, for example, and my parents got divorced when I was young. So all I knew was having two separate households my whole life. And that was normal to me. Meeting a family that was still married was very strange. So when people say to me, oh, how are your kids going to react? I say, they may not know any different. They may think that moms who are finishing having children help other moms who can't conceive. Right. And that's just what we do for each other. Mm -hmm. And if that's the message that I can share with my daughters of them looking back and saying, okay, that is actually kind of crazy that my mom had someone else's baby. Back then I didn't understand that it was so unbelievable, but now I'm older and I would love to be able to help other people. That's what I wanted to share with them. Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. As far as when the baby, like when there was like those first kicks or when you start to feel those like first when you're pregnant and everything, were you just like, the baby's kicking, you have to come over now. Like, was it that kind of thing with the parents? Yeah, for sure. Um, we, we have a video, which I cry every time I listen to it, but it's the first time we heard the heartbeat. Um, there's just certain milestones in a pregnancy that, you'll never forget. And they are beautiful for the mom, you know, as the, as you carrying your own child. But when you hear someone else cry, you know, uh, listening to that, it's a whole new level of I'm doing the right thing. This is a gift that you can't duplicate. Um, and so with the kicks and things like that, um, I think it was hard in the, in the early stages because I could feel the kicks, but nobody else could. Oh yeah. So it was that reassurance like, Oh, like she's good. She's good. She's kicking. Um, but I, I remember one day I called the mom and I said, you have to come over because she's really starting to kick like outside and my husband can feel it. I want you to be able to feel it. And she came over and I, (laughs) we look like lesbians on the couch (laughs) because she's spooning me. And I'm like, talk to her, like talk to the baby. And as soon as the mom talked to my stomach, she started kicking her. Oh, 
And I was like, she knows you. Like, she does not kick like that for everyone. Oh, that's amazing. That That is so amazing. Let's talk a little bit more about your husband because you told me when we first talked that this was a big um, sacrifice, you know, for a husband and just a lot lot on him too. So how did he deal with all of this? My husband is a rock star. And I told him, as morbid as this sounds – if I die during this pregnancy at my funeral, there's going to be eight women lining up to marry him (laughs) because he is a rock star dad, a rock star husband. Um, It was hard. I am, I call him the unsung hero of the pregnancy because I get a lot of accolades because people see me and they saw my stomach and you know, they were like, Oh Jen, you're pregnant. That's so wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and I kept saying, Ellie is the driver of this. If he, did not agree and he didn't pick up the weight of taking care of the girls and you know I wasn't able to really go up and down the steps the last few weeks so he was doing nighttime routine Um, he was feeding me I actually got um, diagnosed with gestational diabetes with this pregnancy which I had never had before okay so if you're familiar with that it's like somebody saying to you one day Dana you can eat pizza and the next day they say actually you have to be completely different with your whole diet and my husband was cooking three different meals every night for dinner. Oh, he's a rock star. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he was amazing. Um, I could not have done it without him. And we all know, as as much as we don't like to blame hormones and say I'm emotional because I'm pregnant, I was a mess. Like, I was, it was very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I was balancing, you know, being a mom, being a wife, being a friend, and the immense pressure that I felt to create this perfect child. Imagine if you're babysitting for nine months for someone else's kid. Oh, absolutely. You're just constantly on edge. Mm -hmm. Probably even more so than when it's your own baby because you know that these other parents are counting on you. Correct. I Uh, didn't even want to get in the car toward the end because I was so afraid. We got right to the finish line and my luck, I'll get into an accident or flu is rampant and somebody's going to infect me with, you know, neurovirus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Obviously when you're pregnant, you bond with your baby. So how did you, did you have to go to counseling throughout the pregnancy to like, because I just can't imagine what that would feel like to grow this baby the whole time knowing that you're going to give it up. And it must be hard at times to separate that. I did not have to go to any counseling um, for the exception of when we first started. We have to make sure that we're cleared. But what I actually found was I did a lot of research about surrogacy support groups, and I found that there are none. (laughs) Um, You know, there are agencies that have support groups, but that's really for people who um, actively search for a surrogate family and they may do it more for a financial reason. Whereas if you're a surrogate for a friend or a family member, that's a very different type of support because you're doing it. It's more of an emotional, um, thing. And I realized there is, there really was no support for me. Um, and so I took a more proactive approach And I started reaching out to some friends and saying, hey, I need someone to talk to who has been in this position before. Because as much as I would like to talk to my husband or my friends or my mom, nobody could understand what I was experiencing. And it was not something that I necessarily wanted to talk to the mom about because she's got her own stresses. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Watching somebody else grow her child must be unbelievably stressful. Um, So I didn't want to burden her with anything that I was feeling. So I actually hired a doula this time around, which I felt was really helpful to have somebody to talk to. Um, I specifically hired somebody who had worked with surrogates in the past. 
And she also um, catered to moms that have had loss. So whether it's a stillborn or um, any type of loss, miscarriages, because what she explained to me is surrogacy is a form of loss. Even though the baby is God willing, happy and healthy, you're still mourning the loss of a child. Yes. So she was amazing of helping me get through it. And I was able to share some feelings I was having with her and she walked me through it. And she was also there during the actual birth of the baby. Um, so I, I definitely attribute a lot of my strength from my doula. Once you were showing and all that stuff, I'm sure all the questions from people that didn't already know what was going on started coming in. And so, I mean, you must have gotten tired of explaining to people over and over, no, this is, you know, what was going on. So how did you deal with all that? Or even to strangers who come up to you in the grocery store and want to know everything because they see a pregnant woman and they think, oh, open book, I get to ask. So how did you deal with that? Um, it's a great question. In the beginning, I did not really go out um, when I was first starting to show because the first trimester, you always get nervous and you don't want to necessarily share that you're pregnant. And then you're also pregnant with someone else's child. So that's twofold if God forbid you miscarry. So in the first trimester, um, I actually didn't really go out that much. And then once I knew the baby was healthy and progressing, um, I was about to go on a vacation where I knew people were going to be posting a lot of pictures and tagging me. And there was no way that you would not be able to know that I was pregnant. So Facebook at the time was my best friend because I was like, I'm going to put it out there and just do a post. Um, and it was probably the best thing that I ever did because it gave me the ability to share my story and everyone knew at that point. Right. So unless it was a stranger, like you said, and if I ran into them, but what was beautiful about that post was as soon as I, I did that and I went out and about people knew I was a surrogate and it, it spread like wildfire. Oh, of course. I mean, I think I got like 400 comments in like a day. <laughs> oh, of course. Which was, I mean, obviously it felt great, but it was so nice to know I didn't have to say it over and over again. I just right. shared my story. And I kind of put it to bed of like, this is all I can share. So please don't pry too much. Okay. Um, but as far as strangers, um, I I didn't tell them I was a surrogate most of the time. Okay. Unless they were people that I would probably see again. If it was somebody at the grocery store, I would just say, thank you so much. You know, I feel great or I'm due in March or whatever it was. Um, but I didn't get into it. Okay. Yeah. When you actually went to have the baby what was that like did you have like a natural labor where it just happened or did you have to be induced or what happened because I think you said she was born a little early right yes okay my due date was actually this past Saturday okay she came three weeks early and I talked to her a lot we I don't know maybe some people think I'm crazy but her and I talked a lot and I toward the end of the pregnancy I was First, incredibly uncomfortable. So selfishly, I wanted to get the baby out. Yes. And I said to her, I said, listen, I want you to be healthy, but I also want you to come out as soon as you possibly can, knowing that you're going to be just fine. Like, I don't want you to be in the NICU. I want you to be able to be delivered and go straight to the mom and you're happy and healthy. But I said, selfishly, it would be great if you could come out at like 37 weeks, because I know that that's considered closer to full term. Um, and I know this sounds crazy, but this is who I am. My daughters, they're basically the same height as my stomach. So I would tell them, tell the baby to come out by February 17th. And that date has always been in my head, even though I wasn't due until March 10th. 
And I said, tell her she is leaving my stomach <laughs> by the 17th. And you just randomly came up with that date? I don't know why. It was 37 weeks. I always knew okay. the 17th. And I even had shared with the parents at our doctor's appointment that Tuesday before. I said, I know I'm only 36 weeks, but this baby will be here before the end of the weekend. So get the car seat installed. Make sure you have everything you need because I'm very intuitive. And then when I was pregnant, I told my husband, I said, I've got to have something to look forward to after this baby comes. So we had planned a vacation to Florida at the end of March which is over spring break and also over my daughter's birthday. But he was like, well, you're kind of playing with fire because it's only two weeks after your due date. And if you have any complications, we can't go. And I said, okay, well, hopefully everything will be okay. So that's why I also wanted to come early because <laughs> if I did, I could go on my Florida vacation. Right. <laughs> um, so crazy enough. So Valentine's Day was Wednesday. And then my husband had a very early meeting in Virginia on Thursday morning. And he said, Jen, this is the last time you're going to have to do morning routine without me. And I said, seriously, like you're playing with fire right now because I know she's coming. So I said to her before I went to sleep, I said, if you come, you need to start labor before six in the morning because that's when he was leaving for the meeting. Mm -hmm. um, with my previous pregnancies, I'd always had my water break, which I know is only 10% of pregnancies start with your water breaking. But it happened with my first and my second. And then with this one, she woke me up around 4 o'clock in the morning. And I felt a punch. And I said, okay, she broke my water. Like, I knew it immediately. So, of course, I turn over, going to wake up Ellie, tell him my water broke. He's not there. He's not in bed. And I send him a text message. And I said, where are you? My water just broke. Sh like, we need to go to the hospital. No response. And then I call him, no response. And so luckily I have an app on my phone that's Find Friends so I could see where he is. So I could see if he already left for Virginia. And luckily he was still in the house. So I, for those of you who've had your water break, you know it's like a gush. Yes. So <laughs> by the grace of God, I had left my robe on the floor next to my bed. And so I stood up, grabbed my robe, put it between my legs and waddled to the living room turn the light on and Ellie was asleep on the couch oh. and I'm like wake up <laughs> parties like it's party time and um, so that's how labor started and she, what was really great about this delivery was even though my water had broken I had a few hours without contractions so I was able to labor at home and get my kids off to school pack my hospital bag things that I hadn't done myself um, but the actual like labor and delivery was, my doula says, was textbook. Um, you know, with my first two daughters, labor never went as expected. Whereas my first, I had tried to have her vaginally, ended up having a C-section. With my second, I had a C-section scheduled. She broke my water a week before, went to the hospital, and my doctor said, you can have a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean. So I did that. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't even know how to push. <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember in the movies, you like put your legs up. But like, he's like, it's not that hard. So I pushed her out. And so with this baby, I was like, I need to have a vaginal birth because I want her, the mom to see her daughter come out and the dad to be there. And the recovery is also so much better. Um, and the, like I said, my doula said it was textbook delivery where I went to the hospital. I was a few centimeters and ended up getting an epidural 
progressed a centimeter an hour. I pushed for 40 minutes. She came out, and within a minute, the mom had her. She had a wonderful APGAR score. and Oh, great. It was just wonderful. I, I could not have asked for a better birth. Oh, that is just, that's just so amazing. After the parents held her, um, sh- you got to hold her for a little bit? Or how does that all work? Because that's the thing that I think about, that after carrying this baby, I would be like, I just want to hold the baby. I know you're the mom, but I want to hold the baby. That that was interesting. So at first, I was totally agreed with you. I it, when I when In my mind, I thought, I'll push her out, and then I want to hold her, kiss her, and say goodbye to her. That was like, in my mind, that was how it was going to go. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, it's actually selfish to do that because this mom has been waiting so many years to hold her daughter. And even though, you know, I may just want her for a second, she wants that skin to skin right away. She wants, it's her daughter and that's her mom. And we talked about it and we agreed the best thing for me to do was to deliver her and have the mom ready to hold her skin to skin and then just have their time together. Because I knew I was going to see her. You know, we were at the hospital at the same time. And they did bring her over the next morning. And I think it was actually better that way, where I had a little bit of time to recover. They had their precious time to be with her. And then the next morning, I was able to really hold her and um, enjoy the time together. Okay, so it was kind of like you you were seeing her as any other guest who came to visit a new baby would visit. Yeah, I was really um, adamant about them taking her and okay. leaving the room. Okay. Yeah. I wanted, I just wanted them to have their privacy. And okay. I honestly, Dana, I didn't know how I was going to respond after I delivered the baby. Um, and if I was hysterical, I just didn't want them to be there. Okay. <laughs> I wanted them to just have their moment outside of my moment. Cause we had very different experiences. Yeah. I'm finally at the end. They're starting. Um, And it was the best move I could have made because after I pushed her out, the parents took her and so they went off on their own. And then if you can imagine, I'm laying in bed and I have my doula, my nurse, my husband and the doctor all hysterically crying. Oh, like so. And I'm hysterically crying. So it was just one of those moments where I just needed to be alone. I didn't want the parents to feel like, oh, Jen, why is Jen crying or you know, I, I, it wasn't about me at that point. I just, I needed to just have my moment and say I did a kick butt job and I delivered a beautiful, healthy baby. And now it's their time and it has nothing to do with me. And now I start another chapter by myself. Will she know that you carried her or is that something that the parents don't want her to know as she grows up? I, I expect that they'll share that I did carry her. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, ju- I did see her yesterday for the first time since the hospital. So it had been a few weeks. Um, but I think I just needed to recover. And I really just wanted to respect the time that she wants with her daughter. Um, and then something interesting. I don't know whether or not you want to cut this out. But my breast milk came in. Okay. <laughs> uh, which obviously your body does not know you're a surrogate. So your milk starts to come in. And something that I learned is. If your milk starts to come in and you don't want it to come in, there's a few tricks which I had to do. One is drinking sage tea. The second is taking cabbage leaves, raw cabbage leaves, and putting them on your breasts. So I smelled like coleslaw. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it was fabulous. And then the third thing is to not be near the baby. Oh, okay. And so I actually had to stop looking at pictures of her. Um, I could not go near her because if I did, my milk would start to to come back. 
Oh, so wow. I needed a little bit of a hiatus. So it went away, dried up, and so that's why I was able to see her yesterday. Oh, okay. Okay, great. I have an interesting story about seeing a medium and how it kind of predicted all of this. I don't oh, know if you okay. Want to share that. Yes, definitely. Okay. So I saw a medium about six months before the initial conversation I had with this mom about becoming her, um, the surrogate. And I remember, and this, remember, I did not ever anticipate becoming a surrogate. So this right. was not my life goal by any stretch. And I sit down with this medium and she says something to me that hit me, like struck a chord of like, what in the world is this woman talking about? And she said, Jen, are you planning on having a third child? And I said, I'm not. And she said, um, I don't know how to say this, but you will be having a third child, but it's not your husband's. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and she said, I know that sounds crazy. So if you do have relations, you need to make sure you're safe. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy talk. Like I'm not having a third child. This is not going to happen. And sure enough, it did. So I remember that conversation when I was talking to the mom of, oh, this is what the medium was talking about, that, that I'm going to be a surrogate. That is crazy. And so crazy enough, um, the mom also went to see the same medium and did not share any of the story. She did not say that I had seen her or anything about the surrogacy. And the medium independently said to the mom, you will have a baby girl in your arms in March of 2018. Oh, wow. And Who's this medium? Because I, I want to go see know. her. I want to know what's going to happen in my life. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Oh, wow. Um, that is incredible. That is amazing. Yeah. What do you think, if you had to kind of pick one thing that was the most challenging of, of this whole experience, what would that be? The most challenging thing, uh, there were a lot of challenges. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I um, I just this past Saturday had a party at my house for some of my closest friends that were my rocks during this because it was much more difficult than I expected it to be. Um, I think being pregnant was much more difficult. I, I remember agreeing to be her surrogate and I remember saying to her, I love being pregnant. And I just forgot about all the things you hate about being pregnant. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, and then I, I, of course if women are struggling to get pregnant, you don't want to complain, but it is very uncomfortable and um, you know, your body is no longer yours. So I think the, the pregnancy was much harder on my body than I had expected. Um, so I think having that and then the gestational diabetes really threw me for a loop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because it was a complication. Um, I hate to say it. I didn't know what a carb was before I got diagnosed. Like, they were like, oh, you can have 35 carbs a day. And I'm like, oh, great. That's probably a lot of carbs. And then I looked at my pasta and it was like, you can have an ounce of pasta. I'm yeah. like, what? That was really hard to completely shift everything that I was eating. Um, so that was probably the most difficult. And you said that there really isn't much of a support group for or support system for surrogates out there. But did you end up meeting like I saw you shared a story about a woman who was a surrogate for her sister. So did you end up meeting some other surrogates through all this? Yes, I did. I ended up meeting two surrogates. Um I'm a networker, so I had gone to a party and randomly met a surrogate lawyer, and I said, I want some friends. Do you know anybody in your agency or anybody that's looking for other surrogates? And she put me in touch with a wonderful friend named, also named Jen, who is maybe due any second um, with her daughter, or she's having a daughter. Um, so that was a huge support. 
but keep in mind she was doing it through an agency so it was a little bit different um so she didn't know the couple um that she was carrying the baby for but still an, an amazing person to talk to but then I also found another friend who had delivered in, in December, and she's local for her sister, who her sister was not able to carry, so she was a, a surrogate for her. So her and I actually were able to connect a little bit deeper because it, it was for our, her sister, whereas this is for a friend. Um, it's a very different feeling than if it's through an agency, I think. So when it goes through, and maybe you don't even know this, but when it goes through an agency, do they have? Do they try to connect the family so that the parents can be part of everything the way that the parents that you had a baby for were involved? Like going to the appointments and having communication when the baby kicks? Or is it separate, like this person's carrying the baby and you don't know anything until the baby's born yeah I honestly I don't I don't know I mean all I know is what's happening with my friend and they're as involved as they want to be so okay. um, I think it a lot of it has to do with where everyone's located um, you know some surrogates one of my girlfriends I went to high school with she had to hire a surrogate and she was in Florida and she's up in New Jersey so she only saw this woman twice when they did the procedure and when her daughter was born oh wow so I think it just depends on how close you live to your to the surrogates and to the parents and that makes it I think even more incredible that you did this for for your friend because they had the experience of being close to the person who was having their baby and being able to experience all those things instead of having to hire a stranger that maybe didn't even live here. Exactly. So, so that's incredible. So what advice would you have? I mean, not that there's a lot of people out there even considering this, but what would you, um, what would you tell anyone who is maybe thinking about doing this? Because I know there are a lot of people that are struggling with infertility and not being able to have their own children for whatever reason and if this was a possibility and a mom is listening to this thinking maybe I could do this for my friend who's struggling what would your advice be yeah I have thought about this a lot and I think that if you're fr so if you're considering doing this for a friend I wish that I could have gone back to the gen two years ago that agreed to this and had a conversation saying you know you're going to be experiencing a lot of emotions because you are pregnant. It's someone else's child. It's going to be difficult in your own world. But you also need to have an immense amount of empathy for the parents and understand how difficult it is to watch someone else carry their child. And especially if your friend or your family member has to hire a surrogate, it's because something happened that they're not able to do it on their own. And as women, we feel um, that's part of who we are, is that if you can't bear children, you don't feel like you're a complete woman. And that's part of the reason why I agreed to do this for my friend was because I did struggle to get pregnant. I did have a miscarriage. I remember the feeling of why can't I get pregnant? And when she said she is not able to get pregnant, immediately I said, I have to help you. But in response to that, there's a lot of pain and um, hurt from her not feeling like she's able to do this. She's not able to do something her body should have been able to. And the loss of control. Because as women, we want control over everything. And to see another woman carrying your child and to have to trust her, that's difficult for her. So um, I wish in the beginning we could have all really just sat down and said, okay, here's from my perspective what's going to be difficult for me. And then, you know, just keep the communication open because it's it's not something that I personally had to struggle with. I'm not infertile, but I got a sense of it. 
but I never truly understood the magnitude of a friend or somebody that I was close with that wasn't able to have a, a child and how that would impact the pregnancy and how she was able to watch it through someone else's body, which was very difficult. It was uh, difficult for her. It's, I think it's, yeah, I think it would be difficult. I mean, I, I tried to imagine someone else carrying your child, you know, and the amount of stress and, um, your nerves just must get the best of you. So, um, I think it, I wish that I was, um, better prepared to be more empathetic to that because I didn't really understand what she was experiencing. Yeah. And even just you telling me about this, I hadn't even thought about that aspect right. of it for her. So yeah, that's really important. Um, so is there anything else about this whole experience that you want to share? I feel like we've covered a lot. Well, just a really fun, interesting story. So I have a very good friend who's also named Dana. Um, and she had talked to me about this woman who almost helps release toxins from your body through your feet, which I know sounds very strange, but after the baby was born, I was like, I need just, I need to get this out of my body. Like I just felt like I still had parts of the baby in me and I just wanted to move on, close this chapter. So she recommends that I see this woman and I didn't tell her about the surrogacy, but she started to kind of read my body through my feet and she picked up on, on things. And she said, she explained to me that the reason that I agreed to become a surrogate so quickly is because in one of my past lives, I know it sounds very voodoo, but I believe in this stuff. She said, in one of your past lives, some a woman helped you because you weren't able to have a child. And you are very much about karma and giving back. And she said, back in, you know, hundreds of years ago, before IVF existed, there was no Clomid. Um, women who weren't able to have kids would help the other, like, for example, if you couldn't have a child and I could, and you were married... I would have the child with your husband, but you would raise it as your own. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so she said that 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 happened to me where I was not able to have the child and the other friend did. And so I've always felt compelled to help in return because she helped me. I know that sounds so crazy, but I was like, well, there must have been something inside of me to respond in such an immediate way. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting that story. Is interesting. So did you, so do you feel better now? Like you said that you felt like you needed to just get it out of you. So after seeing her, do you feel better? And I guess maybe as just time has passed a little bit, I mean, it's only been a month, but do you feel better now? I feel better. I think, um, you know, I, I think I'm still obviously hormonal, but maybe right. just because <laughs> I'm a woman, I'm hormonal. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's definitely hard. Um, recovering. Um, I think physically, I want to get back to myself. Mentally, I'm still recovering. Um, I think it's just going to take time, honestly. And um, I just, I need to be easy on myself because I think I just wanted to get the baby out and then bounce back to Jen from last year. And I, I can't that fast. Right. Yeah. That, that has to take a, I don't want to say take a toll, but that has to be a big change. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. This has been very eye-opening because I've never understood surrogacy and I understand so much more about it. And what you did for your friend is just incredible. The baby is perfectly healthy, right? And happy. And they're just a happy family now, right? She like they're is doing great. Absolutely perfect and beautiful. And I thank her so much because she gave me an amazing delivery and I'm physically healthy and happy. 
So we all know it's such a blessing to have a healthy child and a healthy delivery. And um, I was definitely looked over on this whole experience because everyone is doing great. Thank you so much, Jen Zussman, for being on Up With Moms. In episode four, I will be talking to Natasha Harth. She was the 2016 Military Spouse of the Year, and she won that award because she is just the epitome of giving back and helping and finding ways to support her community, to support other military families. She's done all kinds of things to feed the homeless. She works with foster children. So I'm going to talk to her and find out how she manages to do all of that great stuff while raising two kids and having a full-time job. If you haven't already, please make sure you like Up With Moms on Facebook. You can follow Up With Moms on Instagram at up with moms and make sure you share this podcast if you're enjoying it with your friends you can also subscribe on apple podcasts or on google play and make sure you leave a review thank you again and my name is dana mckay this is up with moms